This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Apple, Google, Amazon, you can get a share and become a shareholder and get the profit that these companies who are forever growing and innovating, you can get a portion of that and use that as passive income to retire on. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we are talking about what to do with your money after you become debt-free. Last fall, I had the opportunity to travel to Nashville for a Dave Ramsey conference. It was a chance for me to connect with like-minded people who were looking to make a positive impact on the world. And man, did I have a good time. Even though I was only there for a short period of time, I had the pleasure of meeting Leo and Faith Jean-Louis. Now, this couple has an incredibly inspiring wealth-building story, and I'm excited to share it with you all. This young couple's six-figure debt crush success has been featured in major media like Yahoo Finance, and these two were even featured on the Steve Harvey Show. So I'm so glad to have them here today. Welcome to the show, Leo and Faith. Hey. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you, guys. It's so good to see you again. It was nice to see you in person, and I know during this season, it's nice to see anybody in person. So very good to see you guys, and I'm glad that we have some things in common to talk about today. So let's talk about your your story. How did you guys accumulate this debt? We talked about it in the intro. There are six figures of debt. How did that happen, and I guess how much was it in total, and where did it come from? Back in 2017, when we said, I do, we got married with $211,000 worth of debt. So that was a combination of student loans, credit cards, you name it, personal loans, we had it. And, you know, while we, you know, carried that debt, we knew we didn't want to stay where we were. And so we, you know, got on the same page and decided to go after it. What was that pivotal moment? I guess, Faith, I'll ask you, what was that time where you said, all right, enough's enough. We got to make a difference. Or was it just when you said, I do? No, actually, before we got married, we did premarital counseling. So we sat down with our pastors and the first visit that we've had with them, they asked us, what was the vision of our marriage? What can we accomplish together? What's our plan together? So we went back and we thought about it and we thought about, you know, our goals, kind of what we want our life to look like. And we realized that was what was standing in our way was our debt because we had, what was it like $2,000 of minimum payments, something like that. And with $2,000 of minimum payments, there was no way that we were going to be able to accomplish the goals that we had wanted to. So we're like, all right, this is a huge thing. We really need to get rid of it. So that's how that started for us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so let's talk about what you did at that point to start making a change. What did you do to pay it off? Oh, so we started with our why. And if you want to become debt-free, you have to have a strong why because be, becoming debt-free is a marathon of a journey. And so it's not for the faint of heart. And so we started with our why and Faith kind of touched on that a little bit. And so part of our why is to leave behind generational wealth, to make sure that our kids and we have a beautiful son who's 20 months old. And part of our why is to make sure that he doesn't have to start from behind 
or start from scratch like we did. And a big part of that was, you know, breaking the student loan debt cycle. And so it starts with us and, you know, increasing our financial literacy. And so we started with our why, and that's what kept us motivated along our journey. And so that was the first step. The second step is we had to face the giant. We needed to know exactly how much we owed. And I believe when Faith and I were dating, she had no idea how much debt she had. I had already been working for a few years. And so I had an idea, but she literally did not know how much debt she owed. And so we sat down, took out an Excel sheet and we plugged in her numbers and she found out she had $144,000 of student loans. And (laughs) that was a big eye opener. That's a large amount of money. So Faith, what did you study to get $144,000? Yeah, so I went to a school called Beloit College in Wisconsin, which is just like the small liberal arts school. And I studied biochemistry there. And when I studied that, you know, I just took out a bunch of loans. And then I decided that I wanted to be a nurse. So I'm a nurse practitioner now. So I had RN loans. I had nurse practitioner stuff. And all of that combined ended up being $144,000. You're telling me at 18 years old, you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do with your life and you made some changes? What's wrong with you, Faith? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's funny. And I don't know if you did this. I did this with my student loans. Not only did I use it for going to school, but I also used it for some other stuff I wanted, like my wife's engagement ring. Most definitely used it for other stuff. So I, funny story, took out a whole lot of money from Sally Mae. And when Leo and I were dating, like I was offering to like pay for all this stuff. Like, oh, we're going to go out to eat. Like, I'll pay for it. Leo's like, wait a minute. Why are you paying for it? Like you're in school. You don't have a job. I said, oh, don't worry. I got it. Well, it turned out I had like an $8,000 refund check from Sally Mae that I was just blowing. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I was wondering like where she was getting all this money and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the woman offering to pay, but I was just wondering where this was coming from. And yeah, she had $8,000 just sitting around. And so I asked her to give it back and she hesitantly and reluctantly agreed. And that's when I knew she was the one. I love it. Well, she was trying to be romantic, just like I was trying to be romantic to my fiance at the time as well. So you had your why and then you wrote it all down. So you saw this animal that you had to tame, right? So what did you do at that point to start paying off the debt? We started budgeting. So we needed a plan for our money. And so when we got married, Faith had just started working. We started our debt-free journey as newlyweds. So we still had to figure each other out and figure out those kinks as far as, you know, what was the grocery budget going to look like and all these other things. And so starting with a budget is where we went next. And so I remember we tried to figure out, you know, how much we could cut back on groceries, for example. And Faith had to be like, hey, we can't cut back anymore. Like, this is all we can do. Like, there's nothing else we can do. And so we started with a budget just to, you know, see where we were and then see what changes needed to be made. So whether we needed to decrease our expenses or increase our income. And we actually did both. And maybe Faith can touch upon, you know, some of the things that we did to decrease our expenses. Yeah, so what we did is we cut our cable. So what we went to Walmart and we bought an antenna. And so we have that antenna on our window. Till this day, we still have it. We still have it. So we don't have cable. We were using Netflix. We were using our antenna. We carpooled to work. So we worked on the same side of town. And so every single day we would carpool and then Leo would come pick me up and then we would head home. 
we pack our lunches every single day. Like we still do. And we always ate out at home. I think that's pretty much it for yeah, the those are the Those are the big main things, things that we did. We sold some stuff here and there. Yeah. But those were the major things that we did on that side of the equation. It was more so like a huge increase in income. So talk about that. Obviously, you guys have two well-paying jobs. And then did you do other things to increase your income? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we had side hustles. And so between Faith and I, we had five jobs during our debt-free journey. And so I worked extra shifts at the hospital on weekends and during the holidays. And Faith babysat and did overnight nursing in addition to her primary job. And we worked like crazy. I mean, there were weeks when Faith was working 70 to 90 hours in a week. And maybe she can even talk about you know, what a typical day during her debt-free journey looked like because you'd be amazed. (laughs) Yeah. So for example, I worked in the morning from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And then I went to a home to babysit from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then came home, took a nap, and then went back to work and worked overnight from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., and then turned back around and worked again from eight to four thirty. I know it was it was crazy. Yeah. But that's how serious we were about getting rid of all this debt. That is a serious day in the life. So I mean, I'm thinking this is newlywed time. This is you guys are just getting together. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Where's the romance? Where's the fun? How did you guys sneak in some fun? So during our first year of marriage, and I'll take blame for this, it was not the health. Yes. It was not. It was terrible. <laughs> at all. It was not the healthiest at all. We were just so driven and determined. So it did help us with our communication because mm-hmm. we were forced to communicate to see how each other was doing, see where we could pick up the slack for one another just so we can keep on going. But that was not healthy and not something that I would recommend for anyone else, let alone newlyweds. And so our second year, we did much better by implementing small celebrations for our victories. And so we incorporated, you know, sinking funds for vacation and travel. We incorporated date nights and all that stuff just to kind of keep us motivated and, you know, on this journey for the long run. Yeah, you're both looking at each other laughing a little bit. Were there any moments where you're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this? Yeah, all the time. I broke down and cried yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. So tell, you remember that time when you wanted a smoothie? So we pack our lunch and we, you know, cook dinner at home. And so there was one day Faith wanted a smoothie after she had already bought the stuff to make the smoothie at home. And so I remember like we were at this island, kitchen island, and she wanted a smoothie. I'm like, you have the stuff at home, just make it at home. And she broke down crying because she wanted a smoothie from Smoothie King. I work every day and I can't even get a smoothie. It was real. Yeah. I had a similar story with Nicole. We were on a road trip and we were doing the envelope system when we were first getting on board with this debt-free train. And we had a certain amount of money in the envelopes and we were heading up north to spend some time with family. And she wanted to get a Subway cookie. And of course, crazy debt-free Andy was like, we don't have enough money for the Subway cookie. (laughs) And she's like, let me get the cookie. I'm like, get the cookie, get the cookie, get the cookie. (laughs) 
was it a macadamia nut cookie? I think it was one of those delicious ones from Subway. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I guess our point here collectively, everybody who's listening is, yes, this is a very important thing to do to clean up your dad and make some progress in your life and build this wealth, but maybe have some barriers along the way, some fun. And it sounds like you guys built that in. So building in vacations, building in fun, you celebrated along the way. So talk about some of these milestones you've hit in this journey and the amount that you've paid off. Yeah. So the first big milestone that we hit was paying off $104,000 of debt in the first 12 months. And so that was kind of the story that went viral on social media. And yeah, people wanted to know how we did it. And so that was our first big milestone. And another milestone was paying off the 224000 So we started with two hundred and eleven. We ended up paying 224 because of interest, 224000 in two and a half years. So that was a big milestone for us. But take this, if we had paid the minimum payments, the $2,000 minimum payments, it would have taken us 15 years to pay off our debt and it would have cost us $125,000 in interest alone on top of the 211. So you can start to see why we were so determined to get rid of it. And so that was our second milestone. And then our first year of, of being debt-free was in 2020. And so in 2020 was probably a bigger year for us because we were able to turn those debt payments into wealth building generators. And so in 2020, we saved and invested $127,000. Wow, that is incredible. And I love that flip. You're not paying the interest anymore. You're now earning the interest. So how did you invest that money? We started with our workplace retirement accounts. So we started there. We also have an HSA. So we maxed that out, maxed out the 401ks. Which is a health savings account for those that might not know. So you can look that up. Yeah. And we also did Roth IRAs for the both of us. We maxed out 2019. We had a little bit of an extension until July in 2020. And we maxed out 2020 Roth IRA. And then we also invested for our son in a 529 plan. That's incredible. Yeah, these are all tax-advantaged ways to save. So I didn't hear that you signed up for a Robinhood account and bought a bunch of stocks. It sounds like you guys found tax-advantaged ways to do this and made it work for you. That's very cool. So generally, you hear these big numbers like 104000 in 12 months and 224000 in two and a half years. That's a lot of money to pay off. What Generally, what income range are you guys working with? And I know you guys have lots of different jobs and things like that, but what's the general income range so people understand? Combined, maybe like one, 160 or so. I mean, you're probably saving, I guess we could call saving when paying down debt. You're probably saving 70% of your income, something like that. 60, 70%. Absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. Side hustles too, right? And so we increased our income with side hustles. So in 2018, we made 66000 in side hustle income. So that certainly helped. In 2019, we made 40000 yeah. So in those two years, $100,000 in extra income. And all of that, after we paid our tithes, all of that went straight towards debt payments. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, 
growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into the show. Talk to me about the tithing. Why is that important to you guys? We believe that our money belongs to God. We're firm believers in that. So we believe that he can do more with that 10% than we can do with 100% of that. And so it's a measure of our faith. And by faith, we give. And that's just something that we don't compromise on. And Mm -hmm. um, I think when you operate with an open hand, you're able to receive too. So. I love it. Well, you got your faith and you got your faith. So it's a good thing to do. So talk to me about this investment side of things. A lot of people can be intimidated when they go from this debt-free zone. I paid off my debt. I understand that. I owe people money. I'm paying them off. Now I'm going into this investor zone. Did that feel intimidating to you guys when you started off? Absolutely. So there's two schools of thought when it comes to paying off debt and investing. And I'm sure you've heard of this too. So some people think that you should pay off your debt first and then invest. Some people think you can do both at the same time. So we were part of the group that did both at the same time, although we did minimal investing, right? So we just did enough to get the match and then everything else went towards that payoff. But yes, it is very scary to get started in investing because I feel like it's a different mindset when you're talking about building wealth. And so there's a level of risk there that wasn't quite there with your debt in terms of possibly losing your money. And so it definitely is a real thing. And so we had to educate ourselves, increase our financial literacy in that area. 
And so that certainly helps. So reading books, listening to podcasts like yours. So that for sure helped us gain more confidence on our journey. When you were deciding what to invest in, did you work with a financial advisor? Did you guys DIY it? How did you go about that process? So we actually started with a certified financial planner and we were with her kind of throughout the entire journey. She was kind of managing our investments. And then when we became debt free, we were like, okay, well, let's learn about investing. Like, what is this? So we listened to things, listened to podcasts, read books, kind of dove deeper into that. And once we became more comfortable with it ourselves, we actually stopped paying for our financial planner because we're like, you know, we can do this ourselves. And the money that we were giving to our financial planner, guess what? We can invest it. I think that's the difference too, because you guys, I think you have a genuine interest in figuring out how to do this. Some people, and no knock against financial advisors at all, if you're like, hey, I need to invest, but I, I got a million other things to do, hand it to a professional to do it. But you guys had that desire. You had that interest in learning more. You had enough desire to read some books about it, right? So, I mean, you had that desire. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think no one's going to care about your money more than you do. And so I think that's ultimately what it came down to is like, there's nothing overly complicated about investing. It's scary when you don't know because you're operating off of information that you do not know. And so, yes, I can understand why it's why it's scary for some people. But the more we became familiar with the process, the easier it seemed the more accessible it seemed. And so then we just, we started doing some things on our own while she was still there, kind of holding our hands a little bit. And, and then we pulled the plug and now we're doing it ourselves. You talked at the early portion of the interview about building generational wealth. Talk to me about what that means for you and your young family. Our baby boy, actually, his name is Legacy, and we were pretty intentional about the name Legacy. And so we named him just with having like a legacy of faith. So passing on our faith to him and a legacy of wealth and finances. So we are actually determined to leave him. And then I'm also pregnant. I have a baby on the way. We're determined to leave our children better off than where we were. So we don't want to send them to school and get a rack up a whole lot of debt. So that's kind of where we mean by generational wealth. I know a lot of people kind of glorify the struggle, right? Yeah. You always like to hear the underdog story of, you know, someone overcoming. And right. while all that is great and, you know, we all get inspired by that, I want to get to the point where he doesn't have to have that same story, that same mm-hmm. struggle. Like it, the cycle needs to stop somewhere. Right. So he needs to be starting from where we left off and where we left off is going to be better than where we started. Mm-hmm. And so we want to give him a leg up, not a hand out. And so financial literacy is going to be a big part of legacy, right? So the same concept of teaching them how to fish instead of giving them the fish. So that's a major key. So we need to be educated mm-hmm. on these things first so that we can teach him how to fish and but also giving him a leg up giving him an advantage giving him privilege yeah. and so that his story doesn't have to start with i dug myself out of right. $200,000 of debt yeah. like his story can be like oh i got a down payment on a home from mom and dad and yeah. that allowed me to you know, further my career and all this other stuff. And so. then it continues. He'll teach his kids that and it just continues on down the road. 
I love that. And I love your points on that too. I'm going to butcher the statistic, but I think I read somewhere it's like 70% of second generational wealthy families lose it by that second or third generation because of the steps that you are talking about not doing making sure they understand financial literacy. You know, sometimes it's so much be like, hey, we did it all and we saved all the money and we became millionaires. And so our kids never have to worry about anything. But does that really give them the path to continue that legacy, right? Exactly. And so for anyone listening who may not be in a position to leave financial wealth in terms of monetary things, I don't want them to be discouraged by what they're hearing and, you know, all of our numbers. They can still pass down the knowledge. And so it's still important for them to get the information first, learn it, understand it so that they can teach it so that even if they don't have anything physical, they can pass down knowledge that their kids could then use to build wealth and set up generations after that. I love it. Well, you guys are debt-free by a mile, and you are amassing some huge piles of investments. What are your long-term goals now as a couple? Retire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Tell me more about that. I mean, basically, I mean, I'm working five days a week and I love my job. I love what I do, but I really want to get back home with my baby. So cutting down like a couple of days is like, I think for me, at least my top priority. And that's what we're working (laughs) towards. So I think we're going to do it in phases. So we want to have options is what it comes down to. And so the idea of working until... 67 or being stuck at a job until 67 is not pleasing to my ears. And to learn that there's a path that is contrary to what we've been told and taught and heard all of our lives is very reassuring. Mm -hmm. And so our goal is to ultimately have the option not to work as much as we're working. And so in phases, so Faith will be the first to lower, you know, decrease her uh, frequency of actual work. And so we're going to do it in phases, but that's, that's our goal to be able to have the time to do the things that we want time freedom. And so not to be so dependent on the job. So, I mean, we all know like this pandemic happened and we were all like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. We don't have the money. My job fired me. Like I don't want to be in that position. So while we're able to work, I want to continue. So if God forbid something like that happens again, like I don't have to be dependent on my job to supply my income. That's a beautiful sentiment. And especially with everything that's been going on lately, having options is a fantastic place to be. So kudos for you guys on everything you've done here. I love the story. It is a fantastic way to see the path of where you were and even just the the journey of your marriage and, and the lessons learned as well. So somebody's listening right now and they are jacked up about getting rid of their debt. Maybe they've got a mountain of debt like you guys did, something, call it over $100,000 and student loans, other things. What is the first thing they should do following this interview? I think the first thing that you should do is sit down with yourself and come up with your why and like where you want to be, why this is important to you. Like, don't even worry about the numbers. Don't even worry about how much debt you're in. Like there are so many bumps in the road that where if you don't have a solid why that you can look back on, like you're just not going to be successful. You're going to keep, you're going to go back. So definitely sit down with yourself, figure out why this is important to you, 
kind of your goals in life, what you want to do. And then I would kind of work from there. That'd be the first thing. Yes. And I would tell people that they are one decision away from a completely different life. So when we look back on our journey, what we realized is that there were a series of choices that we made. And with every yes that you say to something, so let's say going out to eat, going on a trip, you're saying no to a debt-free life. And so we tell people that examine the choices that you make because you're either choosing to become debt-free and build wealth or you're choosing not to. And so you're one decision away from a completely different life. Start where you are with what you have. Put one foot in front of the other, regardless of how slow that may seem, forward is forward. And so that's what I would encourage them with. That's incredible. I love it. And then investing, you guys, we've talked about the debt-free side and then the investing side. People are listening and say, well, you know, I think I would maybe like to try this investing stuff too. And I think maybe I could do it if I focused my attention and just learned maybe a simple way to do it. How can people keep this simple like you guys did? I would tell them that they should look into the opportunity cost and then the opportunity cost, for example. So your money inside of a savings account is probably at 0.5%, meaning that you can't save your way to wealth. And so if you have money just sitting around in a savings account, your money's going to lose value because of inflation. So you're already losing right there. And so if you want to build wealth, you have to invest it and get a much bigger return than inflation. And one of the easiest ways to do that, there are many, but one of the easiest ways to do that is to invest in the stock market. And when I say the stock market, I'm talking low cost index funds that capture the entire market so that you're getting a portion of the gains from all of these companies that you either use or or have heard of. So we're talking Apple, Google, Amazon, all of those companies, you can get a share and become a shareholder and get the profit that these companies who are forever growing and innovating, you can get a portion of that and use that as passive income to retire on. It's a simple path, everybody. It can help you build wealth. And we have two people right here that are proof of that wealth building success. Thank you both so much for being here. Where's the best place for people to learn more about you and maybe connect? So Instagram. So you can follow Leo on Instagram. Leo is the one that kind of posts about investing, posts about our debt-free journey. And Instagram is leo.jeanlouis. You can also find a copy of my book, Got Debt, The Seven Bulletproof Steps to Debt Freedom on Amazon. So those would be the two places to contact us. And feel free to DM me on Instagram. I respond to all of my DMs. So would love to hear from you all. Thank you very much, both of you. Hey, everybody, these are two people that have a mission to help and to serve and to help everybody get to the next level on their wealth building journey. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thanks Thank so much you for having so us. much. We enjoyed that. Huge goals tackled together. What an inspirational story. I love it. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Faith and Leo Jean-Louis. Number one, start with your why. Leo said it, it's a lot easier to keep pushing forward when you have a purpose, a reason, uh, why, right? Why am I doing this? This is doubly true when you have a mountain of debt you're working off. Keep that reason in front of you 
and keep it as a reminder and it'll help you hit your biggest goals just like these two did. Number two, you can only cut expenses so much. Yes, it's important to analyze your expenses and reduce the unnecessary stuff, the stuff you don't like or the stuff you don't need, but you can only cut so deep before it starts to hurt. A good example of this was when Faith shared her smoothie story, and then I shared a little bit of tidbit on our Subway cookie story. (laughs) Instead of focusing so much on the expenses, focus more of your time on increasing your income. That's where Faith and Leo found their biggest strides. Side hustles, increasing their salaries, and of course, time. These are the recipes for increasing your income and having that patience. These are smart ways to make it happen. Number three, earn interest instead of paying it. When you get to say goodbye to your debt forever, that's got to feel great. Now that you're no longer paying interest, you can now divert more of your money to earning interest through investing. If you're able to, do this in a tax-advantaged way, like Faith and Leo did. 401k, IRA, HSA. Explore these options first. And keep it simple with index funds. It may be fun and sexy to buy individual stocks, but I wouldn't make this your solo plan for building wealth for you and your family. Get started, keep it simple, and be patient. Slow, steady, and boring always wins this race. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing our show today and for Alec Collins for bringing our YouTube videos to life. You can check those out at youtube.com slash marriage, kids, and money. Before we go for the day, I wanted to encourage you to join our free Thriving Families Facebook community. Join me and nearly 1,000 other families as we help each other thrive this year. One thing we do in this group, which is a lot of fun, is share our family wins. Kia, one of our longtime members, shared her progress with a big goal that she's been working on. Here's what she said. Made it to $30,000 on the down payment for the house with my last check. If we close in April, we could actually get to the goal of $35,000. Wow. That is awesome, Kia. And Kia has been sharing with us for a while, guys, in this group. And if you asked her, I bet she'd agree that having the ability to share these goals and your progress with like-minded people is great for accountability. Let's give Kia a round of applause, please. All right. Yes, Kia, congratulations. Here's to getting to that 35K in no time. Very cool. If you want to get inspired by others in our group and also be held accountable for your big goals so you can keep moving on and having that, you know, camaraderie, please join us at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. We would love to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Joel Osteen. It takes determination to see a dream come to pass. The question is not, will you start, but will you finish? Keep focused, keep pressing forward, and achieve your goals. Carpe diem! 